The following podcast is work safe. Don't you think I sound like a robot? This must be the retro review part because if it's from the 80s, you must sing like robot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever We Talk Games Breakout Bonus Level Minisode. I am Wiggly, and today we will be talking about downloadable arcade at home. This will be the first in an ongoing series of Thursday releases in the We Talk Games feed. All right, I'm ready. Ready for what, Stink? You know, to do the show and stuff. Jeez, uh, I'm sorry, Stinky. I, I don't know. Did I somehow give you the false impression that you were going to help out on these minisodes? What do you mean? We talk games, do the show. I sit here down the bar. TT, where's TT? Uh, Stink, the We Talk Games Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration, as we all know them as Wicked Flippies, has determined that if I have you or TT on a show, it just might, you know, draw on a little bit too long for these minisodes. So I, I, I hope that you understand that. Oh, yeah, I understand. Hey, don't you worry about it. I, I know what I'm going to do, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll see about that. Sorry, Stink. I'm sorry, listeners. Let's just dive right in. I hope we can get in better spirits here. Fear not, everyone. You will be able to hear Stinky on every single episode of the We Talk Game Show proper, whether we want to or not, I'm sure. Which will be having a regular monthly Tuesday night release schedule. At least that's what we're shooting for. And that will happen every third or fourth Tuesday of the month. And we'll also be starting up our regular Monday night article section. So every Monday we should have a new article by one of the We Talk Games staff or extended staff members at wetalkgames.com. And we have a lot more new and exciting projects coming out of the We Talk Games studios. Our merger with Video Power Magazine has really ignited a spark beneath all of the We Talk Games co-hosts, correspondents, and powers that be. And we look forward to bringing more content and fun, including the new We Talk Games re-release of the original t-shirt that started it all. In our Pro Gear store, the TT and Stinky t-shirt is now available in lovely robot gray. We completely sold out of the sapphire, and in fact, we closed that color out for the company, I believe. So now we've put a slightly larger image, now you can see all of Stinky's belly hair, in the new Pro Gear robot silver shirt. And now, on to downloadable gaming at home. Wii Virtual Console. Let's start there because Wii has the emulator stuff happening in full effect. For the Neo Geo, we got King of Fighters 95. A great King of Fighters, no doubt about that. $9 will get you King of Fighters 95. And if I hadn't mentioned it before, we also got one of our first Japanese imports for the Neo Geo, Ironclad. Came out for a 1,000 Wii points, or $10 in the U.S., Ironclad, not the best shooter on the Neo Geo. Let's hope that we get Polestar, Blazing Star, or at least Ghost Pilots. For the NES, Mega Man 4 was released. And for the Sega Arcade, $8 will get you the arcade version of Zaxxon. And when this came out in the arcade, it had a flight stick style controller. Much like uh, Tron and Discs of Tron had. And this was all the rage because no one had ever seen anything like this. It's 3D! Because it had that pulled back isometric type of view. And having a shooter that moved up and to the right diagonally was really something new and innovative. So you can relive 
the splendor and the wonder that Zaxxon brought us. Now, now that Zaxxon's out, let's hope we get viewpoint for the Neo Geo. I think that was about 10 years removed from the arcade version of Zaxxon, so uh, by the time Viewpoint came out, they really had the controls nailed, and it was developed for a joystick, so it would work very well with the controller. On the WiiWare side, Military Madness Nectaris finally hits the WiiWare store. Now, we saw this already on the Xbox 360 about a year ago, and in recent months, we saw this on the PlayStation Store. Now, it finally comes to the Wii. The Wii also has the original version, Military Madness, for the TurboGrafx-16 in its virtual console. So, having the new 3D version of Military Madness, Nectaris, in the WiiWare store is great. It's $10, and to me, Military Madness is really synonymous with hexagonal strategy. Now, it's most likely because Military Madness was the first hexagonal strategy game I've ever played, but the whole Space 1999 motif really struck a chord with me back when it first was released on a Turbo, and I've been addicted to the series ever since. And the 3D really works on this title. It makes it look like they're little toy models flying around. So if you're a fan of turn-based hexagonal strategy, I can't recommend a better title. I really like this title. I think there's a lot of personality in this. Another $10 title that might be worth your while, Zombie Panic in Wonderland. It's in the style of a polygonal Operation Wolf with an anime zombie theme. Zombie Panic in Wonderland will have you eating cake, shooting zombies, destroying the town environment with flamethrowers and grenade power-ups. It also features a co-op mode, two on the couch. You'll be shooting your way through zombies, skeletons, zombie ninjas, 1970s horror-style bosses, and other nasties. Kung Fu Funk also came out for $5. I'm not sure if this is going to be <laughs> your cup of tea. Everybody is Kung Fu Fighting, complete with the Carl Douglas licensed Kung Fu Fighting song. But that might be the most interesting part of the game. It's a series of mini-games, all Kung Fu related. However, the execution leaves a little to be desired. And it comes off as a poorly controlling Flash title. $7 will get you five arcade gems. Now, that's the name of the game. Five Arcade Gems. Are any of them gems? I don't know. Perhaps. It's sort of like Fusion Frenzy with only five games and no other features of Fusion Frenzy except the minigames. Maybe if it was $5 for five Arcade Gems, but $7 for five? You add that extra 40 cents on? I think that's asking just a little bit too much. Also, a five-buck chess challenge in the WiiWare store and the next $10 port of the Phoenix Wright series, Trials and Tribulations. Now, one final comment on the Wii Shop. I don't know if I just noticed it or if it's one of these things that people don't even realize you could do, much like the DS downloads from the Nintendo Channel Store. Right when you get to the Wii Shop splash screen, you can now cycle left and right. If you go to the right, you get critically acclaimed. Hey, I see uh, Beat Trip Beat is one of the games in there. That's very interesting. Also, Family Party Game is another category. Girls Have Fun and Sports Fever. And these are just all little things that are in the top of their class. And I think they show maybe, I don't know, four or six games on each one of these header screens. Moving over to the PlayStation Store, Afterburner Climax. Now, this came out for $9.99. $10 will get this for you for the PS3 or the Xbox Arcade. I've always been a fan of the Afterburner series. I think Sega has done right by this franchise throughout the years. And I think they've always tried to make a very fun arcade shooter for people to enjoy. And Afterburner Climax is no different. 
follows the gameplay and theme of its predecessors, except it adds some very exotic locations, like sometimes you're going through volcanoes, and now there's chases involved with trying to track down an enemy plane, and you're weaving in and out of canyons and things like this. It's all done in 3D, but it's done in such a nice way that you don't notice that it's a polygon flight game, and it still maintains an arcade-like environment and sensibility. Plus, in addition to your regular gun and missiles, you also have the Climax mode that you can now hit. Climax, very popular with Sega right now. When you employ Climax mode, it slows down time, does some neat visual effects, and you have a Climax meter as to how long you'll be able to slow down time to avoid incoming fire, shoot back at your enemies, have a more accurate shot, and whatnot. Whatever you want to do during your Climax, that's up to you. For $9.99, you really do get arcade bang for your buck, no doubt about that. Hyperballoid also came out. Hyperballoid for $5. Combine Breakout with a moving pachinko machine with two-player capabilities and a flamethrower, and you have Hyperballoid. Konami's Puzzle Chronicles also came out for $10. Now, this is available for your DS, your Xbox, your PSP, and now your PS3. And I think it looks about the same on every system. It's sort of like a sideways columns pieces, but with a Tetris push mechanics to it. And all the while, while you're doing your Tetris push down below on the lower half of the screen, on the upper half of the screen, you have a Harryhausen-looking fantasy polygon battle going on. And when you defeat your enemy with the Tetris push, to the victors goes the spoils on top. This month's core is also available, and I only mention this because it's 1.8 gig to download. Almost 2 gigabytes of a magazine. Wow. But it does have the premiere of Little Big Planet 2, which is due out winter of 2010. Please, just let me get past the summer first. I mean, start plugging it in, in the fall or something. Yikes. Winter? I, 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 I'm already chilly. All right. Also for the PlayStation Store, World of Outlaws Sprint Cars, $20 for a full game. I, and I think this is also coming out for the 360 Is this the PS2 version from like eight years ago? I can't tell. I think the PS2 version might have looked a little bit better. But if sprint cars are your thing and you like all those people's names that they show you in the the video promotion of this title, like Hermie Mullet and Millie Vanilli and people like that, I'm sure that you're going to enjoy it. It does have eight-player online. And for those of you not to know, sprint cars are those little go-karts with fins on the top that go flipping through the air because they go way too fast for the courses that they're on. And it usually includes a lot of left-hand turns, although there can be different style sprint car tracks as well. But better yet, take my advice. I know that the Atari Windows version from 2002 looked much better than this and probably played better. So bust out your Windows ME machine and give the original a go. Over on the Xbox Arcade, Tecmo Bowl Throwbacks, $10. Now, it's only available so far on the Xbox. I know it's coming to PS3 because I downloaded the video. What an odd thing for Tecmo to release. Now, I don't say it's odd to release Tecmo Bowl because, geez, I think anyone that's ever played one of the past incarnations of Tecmo Bowl wants to play it on a next-gen system. But when you first put this in, you look at it and you say, this doesn't even look as good as the PlayStation 1 version. It doesn't have anywhere near the NFL Blitz type of feel to it. And I'm not sure it really captures the NES Super Bowl feel. Although we do have a return of the cutscenes after a quarterback sack or touchdown. The non-licensed teams are forgivable. The arcade style of gameplay, I love that. And the strongest point about Tecmo Bowl throwbacks is the fact that you can switch to three views. 
I think they should call it two and a half views. The first view is your side-scrolling, side-shot, 3D polygon version of the game. The second is a more closer look at the 3D side-scrolling polygon version of the game. And the third version switches to a 4x3, 8-bit adaption of the game. And you can do this on the fly. So that was pretty neat, because that 8-bit is done very well. The characters move just as zippy as they would back on Tecmo Super Bowl. And the actual feel of the game feels like it's not just a graphic effect. It actually looks like 8-bit sprites moving around. So definitely give this a demo on your Xbox and see what you think about it. Raystorm HD came out for $15 as well. Now, I talked about Raystorm and Ray Crisis on the last episode of We Talk Games. We Talk Games 15, We Taito Games! This is the exact version of Raystorm for the PS1 that you loved. So if you're a fan of it, you're going to want to pick this up as well. The controls are spot on. Everything that you remember is back again with a complete graphic and HD overhaul. Also for $15, Atlas brings us Xeno Clash. Leave it to Atlas. What a beautiful and beautifully bizarre title this is. The closest comparison I can make of this title is the Sega Condemned series, except this has a very odd, almost jungle Mad Max type of feel to it. There's great expanses, the artwork is gorgeous. Everything about this title is slightly reminiscent of Earth, and yet disturbingly off. It's like a trip to the Renaissance Fair in Bizarro World. Case in point, when you begin the game, you have a master that is teaching you how to throw punches and block and kick down below at the hen peacock-like creatures. And you can also do throws to a dazed opponent or multiple kidney shots with the knee and things like this. So the the fighting's kind of neat. It's all done in that first-person perspective as condemned or even super spy for the Neo Geo, if you will. And I definitely will. And after you defeat your first three bad guys, you are then taught how to use the artillery-type things of this bizarre world, where the guns are sort of made out of the same parts of a gun that we would have, but they have weird doohickeys instead of sights, and they're made out of wood, and they're kind of odd. But the way that you learn how to use these firing implements is that your sensei will kneel on the ground on top of one of these hencock birds, lop off its head, then throw it in front of you, and as it's running around with its head cut off before it passes out from lack of blood and lack of a head, you are to shoot this uh, running around, neck-spurting hen thing. Now, usually a scene like this would turn me off to a title, and there's a part where you're sort of stomping on these hairless dog creature things that come out of a hole in a door. It's very, All I can say is that there's something very artistically compelling about this title that really makes me want to play more of it. It's $15 from Atlas. Check it out as a demo on your Xbox. Other big, big news in the Xbox Arcade have finally dropped on the 360 and on Steam for the PC, I believe. We Talked Games 9. Tom Hewlett from Konami was on our show. Talked a little bit about Rocket Knight coming up. Rocket Knight Sparkster is here. $15. Beautiful, great-looking graphics. I love the little 2D on top of the 3D effects. I was worried about the 3D. I need worry no longer. It looks really cool, and I love those little effects. Is it worth the demo? Heck yes! Get the demo. I'm 
sure that Kyle Von Kubik and others, probably on We Talk Games, will have a lot to say about this game in the future, so I don't want to go too deep into it. The only part that I wasn't sold on so far maybe was the music, but who knows? I think that you could probably add your own music underneath like you can in many of the Xbox 360 games. And also, I don't know why, but for some reason, while I was playing through, I got the sensation that I was playing Super Smash Bros. Brawl or something. It really felt like that, but with Sparkster and then with shooting levels in between. But somehow, the action platforming levels really reminded me that, except that it was really good. It wasn't just levels to get you through to unlock trophies and stuff like this. It was actually a very well-thought-out, very clever action platforming game, but it really had that Super Smash Bros. Brawl appeal, and that's a good thing, especially for people who like the Super Smash Brothers Brawl. T.O.W. also came out in the Xbox Arcade. This is Things on Wheels. Mini RC racing on your 360, downloadable. It has gorgeous level designs, creative level designs. Unfortunately, though, a noticeable frame rate. Four players online, two on a couch, competitive or cooperative. So if you need something that's RC and you blink really fast while you're playing this game, you might not notice the choppiness, but give it a demo if that's your type of genre. And as I mentioned before, you could also get Afterburner Climax from Sega and Puzzle Chronicles from Konami for your Xbox 360. In the game room, the game within a game within a game. This is the marriage, I think, of a good version of PlayStation Home and the beginnings of a Wii Virtual Console. For the new releases, we see Atari's Super Breakout. Now, this came out in 1978. This is a super version of Breakout. That means that you have color. And also the ability to have two paddles, one stacked on top of the other. But alas, no spinner knob means to me, no breakout. Battlezone, that classic vector graphics Atari first-person tank game. Periscope not included, everyone, although you, you do see the Periscope when you look at the arcade cabinet. I remember when this first came out for the Mac. I think it was the Mac 2SI at the time. And wow, were we impressed to be able to play this first-person vector tank battle game on our Macs. Off a floppy disk. And speaking of tanks, Megazone, you're some sort of flying tank, I think. (laughs) You got to save on pixels back then. And from Konami, we got Rack'em Up, a 1987 pool game. New in television releases is Night Stalker, that infamous maze shooter, which reminds me of a Wizard of War with a little Intellivision guy running around. Also for the Intellivision Soccer, and I'll leave that one up to you to figure out what you do in that one. And also Basketball came out for the Intellivision. For the 2600, Pitfall, huge release, the original Pitfall by Activision. Mega Mania also came out, a side-scrolling horizontal shooter by Activision. But it's kind of weird, it's kind of a... I don't know if you would really call it a side-scrolling shooter. Your turret can move left and right down below, and the ships are side-scrolling, but somehow there is some sort of sense of movement, even though it's very, very primitive 2600 graphics. For more advanced 2600 style graphics, real sports volleyball, two-on-two volleyball, surprisingly advanced graphics for its time. If you compare real sports volleyball to the basketball that had come out for the 2600, it started getting much smaller with the sprites, pushed the color palette to the max on the 2600, no doubt about that. Canyon Bomber also came out. Imagine breakout blocks in a pit And then you drop bombs on them from different types of 
blocky aircrafts in a two-player versus mode. And that's what you get with Canyon Bomber, a great fun game that you could play over and over and over and over again for a million years. And you probably will. Keystone Capers. Wow, now here's a game right now. Who doesn't still enjoy playing Keystone Capers? Have you played Atari today? Yes. Keystone Capers chase a robber that has a head start up a three-level department store and catch him before he escapes across the roof. While you're dodging shopping carts, toy planes, bouncing bricks, and that radioactive turd pile. I was never certain what... It was like steaming brick turds. I don't know what it is. Maybe you can figure that out. Night Driver also came out. For those of you who have never played Night Driver before, imagine F-Zero if you had no power-ups, no competitors, and if it was created on a light bright. There you go. Night Driver. Another Atari classic that you might or might not have owned. Oink! Exclamation point. You're the three little pigs, but it's one pig at a time. The other pigs act sort of like an extra life. And you have to drop these bricks onto the floor to replace those that the wolf is disintegrating with his laser tongue. And if he's broken out enough blocks in your floor, he can actually use that laser tongue to tractor beam your little piggy tail right on down to him and you lose. Soon to come to the Xbox Game Room, Time Pilot and Asteroids Deluxe. So be on the lookout for those. And those are your releases for the Game Room. Now, one of the nice things about having a separate show for the downloadable arcade at home is I'm actually going to talk a little bit about DSiWare. I can't go too crazy with this because they do release a steady stream of DSiWare titles. And it wouldn't be quite as crazy as me trying to run down all the new releases for the iPod, but it would be close. So I'll try to be brief and try to hit the games that I really enjoy. And I hope that you will agree with me as well. Now, one interesting thing is in the $2 release range, we had two games that mimic the same title. Sokomania and 1001 Crystal Collection both are Boxy Boy games. If you remember Boxy Boy or Shove It, that was another title for it. In this genre of puzzle games, you try to move a certain object from point A to point B without boxing yourself in. In Sokomania, you're moving boxes. In 1001 Crystal Collection, you're moving crystals. Speaking of breakout, Bounce and Break also came out. (laughs) You're breaking bricks in a Zen Japanese universe. That's how it's described by the developer. A Zen Japanese universe. Another big game in the $5 release section is Earthworm Jim. Now, I think this is a port of Earthworm Jim 1. I haven't played all the way through, but you start out in Junk Town. Then you do a little bit of a first-person flying through a tunnel. You're racing Andy, I believe. And then you do the two stages of What the Heck. So that strikes familiar in my mind to Earthworm Jim 1. And it it looks beautiful if everything was just a still shot, but it still has that choppy movement. I think that was kind of intrinsic to the first Earthworm Jim as well. But they did have one little thing where you're supposed to stick your head through a double cow portrait area. This utilizes the DSi camera. Make sure you're in a well-lit place to even do this. And then all you have to do is make the same expression that Jim is making, and the camera recognizes it in about one second as long as you're well lit and then you get extra power-ups from taking that camera challenge but if you're a real fan of earthworm jim and you know tommy tallarico episode four of we talk games great music the most music making man in video games also for download the free photo dojo 
Photo Dojo. When I first saw this, I thought, oh, it's going to be like Face Fighter for the iPhone or the iPad. But instead, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up that you put yourself into the game. Now, this utilizes the DSi camera, which means that you either have to take photos of yourself using the timer or you take photos of your friends. And you take about 13 shots. Some of them are just headshots, but then others, you have to set the DSi down on a table. You set a shutter timer. You press take picture, and sometimes you forget to press that, and you go stand 13 feet away, and then now you got to walk all back to it. <laughs> you press take picture, then you walk out. Your It's not really 13 feet. It's about 6 feet or 7 feet. And then you're going to try to get into this pose. Well, first you need to take binoculars and look at what the pose is on the screen. And then you're to try to get in this pose of this crime scene chalk outline of what they want you to do and then it takes your picture including everything that's in back of you and on sides of you and whatever and then after all that's done all the picture taking and the chalk outlines and the crime scene investigations you're to record yourself saying different phrases for every single photo that you took now i thought okay they'll just interject these every now and again when you're doing an action no Every time you do an action or your opponents do an action to you, there's your voice saying a whole long sentence. <laughs> but what do you want from nothing? But one of the staples for me in DSiWare, no doubt, is the Game & Watch releases. New releases in the Game & Watch series is Ball. Ball. This was my first Game & Watch title, although I had it when it was rebranded as Time Out. And mine was called Toss Up. I believe that's what it was called. And to me, this was always either my first favorite or second favorite of the Game & Watch series. In Game A, you have two balls that you're juggling, which is not really juggling. And in Game B, you have three balls that you're juggling. And I still think this is a solid title. I can play this title probably longer than any of the other Game & Watch series games. And the nice thing about this title is, is that if you miss one ball, the game's over. And the balls all move at a speed relative to one another, but they're in different lanes. There's a lower lane that arcs the closest to your juggler, a middle lane, and an upper lane. So although all the balls move at a relative tempo to one another, because of the lower arc and trajectory that it has to go, the ball on the inside will make a tighter arc and a faster arc. So gameplay and skill of this game also rely on the sound of the game. You need to hear when the hit happens, and when I, when I talk about sound of this title, you know, these are all very primitive beeps. Beep, 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 That's about it. That's the extent of your sound on these titles. Beep, beep, beep. Not too much. But knowing when your hand hits that ball and you can switch your arms to a different lane is what really makes these games full of skill. And that's why I like them. Donkey Kong Jr. also came out. This is where you take little Donkey Kong Jr. And he has to avoid these the weird snake alligator things and the bat birds. And he hops up and tries to swing across, grab a key to unlock his papa. And then you do that four or five times. It unlocks Donkey Kong's cage and you start all over again. Nothing never changes on these backgrounds. And this was a single-screen Donkey Kong Jr. I think Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong 2 had dual screens. So far, only single-screen games released in the Game & Watch Gallery. Pretty sure that's right. Yeah, Maris Cement Factory is the single-screen version. In fact, let me just run through all the, all the games that have been released. The new ones are Vermin, Flagman, Helmet, Manhole, Donkey Kong Jr. and Ball. Ball, I mentioned before. Chef, 
This is a great one where you have to flip food in your frying pan and make sure the cat doesn't get it. Mario Cement Factory, you run around a two-level cement factory, and you have to make your way around the levels on the drums that can only hold three slabs worth of liquid cement, and you try to dump them all by pressing levers and uh, going up and down on a moving elevator systems. Judge, which is an early form of brain training, in my opinion. Judge, uh, Judge and Flagman, these are both precursors to the brain training series. You have two people, one on each side of the screen, and this can actually be played in two-player mode with one person controlling the right side of the screen, the other person controlling the left side of the screen. In one of the person's hand will be a number plaque, in the other hand will be a sledgehammer. And each round consists of the two people holding up their sign with numbers on it. They're randomly generated numbers, and whoever's sign has the highest number has to hit the person with the lower number in the head with their sledgehammer. If you have the lower number, you have to try to dodge out of the way of the sledgehammer, and that's how Judge works. Flagman, very similar to brain training exercises, a pirate fella or referee, I'm not sure exactly what he's supposed to be, will hold up one of four signs. These signs are all numbered one through four. What's really difficult about someone holding up four flags, one in each quadrant of his body, and you press corresponding buttons? I don't know. The cue for what flag you're supposed to hold up, one, two, three, or four, all happens on the left side of the screen as a timer counts down on the right. And for some reason, having the buttons be one is up on the left-hand side, two is up on the right-hand side, three is down on the left-hand side, and four is down on the right-hand side, somehow doesn't correlate to how my brain works. It specifically reminds me of the one brain training where they will show a red colored word. The word is blue, and you're supposed to say out loud the color of the word. And, of course, you want to say blue because that's what it says in front of you. Also, we had vermin, which is sort of like automatic whack-a-mole. There's a little guy on screen who has two mallets, one in each hand, and you're to move your man around so that he can hit the little moles that are digging their way up towards his play field. And then he automatically whacks them. All you have to do is move left or right and get in the right position for when the vermin peek their little cute mustache nosies up. Another fun game is Helmet. Helmet was the game where you have a little helmeted fellow, and although he's wearing a helmet already, it cannot seem to protect his head from the tools that are falling from the sky. Your job is to get from the house on the left side of the screen to the house on the right side of the screen. The challenge here comes in the fact that the house on the right side of the screen has a door that is only randomly open. So you have to dodge the falling tools and bowling pins. I'm not sure if that's what that one thing is or if it's some type of giant tweezers. I'm not really sure. But you have to avoid these different tools that are falling out of the sky and make your way to house number two. And the final title in the Game & Watch Gallery thus far is Manhole. Move your manhole covers around a two-level street so that people that are running across them won't fall down into the four holes. And those are your $2 Game & Watches. I think those give you the most bang for your buck. Scramble Slam from EA came out for $5. This is where you drop letter cards to change the current word. Also from EA, Surviving High School came out. Now, this is the first high school Japanese dating sim that I know of to come out in the States for the DSi. And it's a text-based adventure where you try to survive high school. 
Who wants to do that again? Not me, that's for sure. System Flaw Recruit also came out for $5. Now, this is a 360-degree space robot first-person shooter that employs the DSi outfacing camera. And Rachel sort of brought this up about zapping ghosts that would be in your room. Well, this System Flaw is a game very similar to that. It uses your DSi outfacing camera to overlay these floating robot droids that are coming towards you. So you have to use your radar to actually move your body around you have to stand up and play this and move your body around in 360 degrees all the while seeing your room fly around with these very oddly placed robots flying at you and then you shoot them as soon as they come into your on-screen crosshair area now when the company that made this show screenshots they show that they're playing it like outside near some warehouse area i i assume it's probably outside of their office back of an industrial park or something but i have to say that it definitely plays a lot more convincingly outside you really don't feel like these robots are coming from a very far distance if you're doing it inside your bedroom from a game developer standpoint i think this style of game would be very enticing since you don't have to draw any backgrounds you're just drawing moving sprites and the interaction with the on-screen crosshair target but from a game player standpoint I'm very reminded of early home versions of virtual reality helmets. It really didn't look that good, really didn't play that well, and you really didn't feel like you were in a virtual environment. And that's sort of how I feel about this. But the concept is really great. Let's hope that someone will be able to build on this technology. Uh, One game that I will recommend, it's $8, so it's a little pricey. It's one of the higher-priced games in the DSi store. Dodo Go. Really great art style. Really funny cartoon-style animation. Very similar feel to like a Loco Roco, except instead of rolling, you are building, you're adding tools to a landscape to help move around these anthropomorphized dodo eggs from the famous dodo birds, which are now, of course, extinct. And you try to move your dodo eggs to the finish while avoiding landscape obstacles and dodo egg predators, which we know how many dodo egg predators are out there but this is kind of neat because it employs those incredible machine type of mechanics with great art and animation and puzzle solving and you get a payoff when you blast one of these predators so i think it's a very solid game for eight dollars and i'd like to see more of these type of titles from independent developers on the dsiware store also worthy of note steam is now available for your intel based mac So go to steampower.com and find out all the great titles available for your PC or Mac. And right now, Portal is free. Hey, that's it. Thank you so very much for joining me on this downloadable arcade at home version of the We Talk Games Breakout Bonus Level Minisode. Join us next Thursday when I believe we'll have Jaden Walker on the line to talk about portable gaming. Friends, thank you for listening. I will now leave you with the mellow sounds of my first attempt at the Nintendo DSi Photo Dojo. On behalf of everyone at We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, I'm Wiggly. Thanks for joining in. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Are you ready to lose? I punch, I punch, kick it, but don't forget to manipulate all the world. Kick it, but don't forget to manipulate all the world. I punch, kick it, but don't forget to manipulate all the world. I punch, is that it? I punch, kick it, but don't forget to manipulate all the world. Is that it? 
I punch. I punch. And I would okay, punch. Don't forget to mention you all the world. I punch. Watch this one, buddy. Okay, keep it. Don't forget to mention you all the world. I punch. Okay, keep it. Don't forget to mention you all the world. I punch. Okay, keep it. Don't forget to mention you all the world. Fireball. Fireball. Okay, keep it. Don't forget to mention you all the world. Okay, keep it. Don't forget to mention you all the world. Fireball. I would punch. Okay, keep it, don't forget to mention for you all the world. Okay, keep it, don't forget to mention for you all the world. Okay, keep it, don't forget to mention for you all the world. Okay, keep it, don't forget to mention for you all the world. Okay, keep it, don't forget to mention for you all the world